Amen. Can you open them doors, please? It's not offering time. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, thanking the Lord again from whom all blessings flow. Now, I uh, had some business. Uh, Sunday coming is typically Palm Sunday. I'm not preaching on that, but I will elaborate. And this coming Friday is all night prayer. Amen. Stand, Stacy. Stand. Where's Stacy? Stand, baby. Oh, she left already? Praise the Lord. Amen. Call your name. You need to be seated. All right. Praise the name. So we got all night prayer on Friday, beginning at 9 o'clock to 6 a.m. in the morning. Avail yourselves accordingly. And um, there will be different things that the church will be praying for. And then um, we have the following Sunday is Easter, 6 a.m., Easter sunrise service. And it's typically packing here. We're having breakfast for $10 a person. If you want a ticket, you go to the table at the after core. You need $10, though. We don't do debit and credit cards right now. Uh, $10, $10, $10. And uh, we'll be selling tickets uh, Sunday in the gym. Amen. So um, breakfast is delicious, and right after the 6 a.m. service, we um, will have breakfast in the uh, FLC gym. Amen? So you go out there after, if you want a ticket or two tickets, just go out there to the table. Someone will be there, and we thank the Lord again from whom all blessings flow. Okay, now, uh, tonight, 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 we're going to get into some uh, heavy teaching that brings out the practicality of walking in the spirit. He, uh, Galatians 5 says, if you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. And that's easier said than done. Isn't that right? Amen. Yes, it is. Trust me. It's easier said than done. Uh, but what I want to do tonight is lay out some foundations for all of you. So um, do me a favor. I'm going to call out some scriptures, but I want to go through my introduction first because problematic situations in life cause us to typically return to the wreck and ruin of our old natures. And uh, our Adamic nature, our old nature, produces the works of the flesh through a degenerative sexual depravity and appetite, demonic spiritual darkness and discord through social division. So those are the three categories of sins that the believer has to contend with. One is, amen, sexual depravity, and then second is all those spiritual uh, uh, sins, spiritualism of the occult, and then third, discord, social uh, divisions and usually when the heat turns up and that's the key here we're going to talk about that in our lives we tend to act react confide in conform to the old hurts habits and history uh, what tends to wreck our relationships are our memories now I want to I want to lay this out for you in uh, I want to I want to categorize something the first thing I dealt with was the conflict that every believer got to deal with the two natures, living between the two natures. One nature is demanding for us, uh, soliciting us to want to go back and live ungodly lives. Isn't that right? So that's conflict. 
But then there is a second area that we are confronted with, and that's comparisons. We tend to, we tend to wreck our relationships in Christ because we, we have these memories of what we left that were free, that made us feel free, valued, our makeup, which made us feel good, the fun, the old motives, the old mythologies of pleasure and personal reward. All right, so if Satan cannot get you through the conflict, he starts working on the comparison. Where you are now, where you were then, and, and we establish that the principles of God, and this is the counsel, cannot, is, is, there, there's, there's a lot of difficulty permeating our lives on a faulty, here it is, foundation. So tonight, I'm going to be dealing with this matter of foundation, and we're going to lay out some real practical, biblically-based, rightly divided doctrines to help you see the major problem. Now, last week, I laid out something for a reason, and I'm going to go back to that tonight. I said that me and my family was on 15th and Chestnut, and these two hoods came up, made a gesture at my daughter, and I, you know, me and this guy got into it and uh, whatnot. Um, that, that was stupid. It was wrong. It was stupid. It was unbiblical. It was unspiritual. But before I knew what happened, it was a reaction. Are y'all getting this? I went back to what, amen, I lived in the world. All right. Um, I did not practice the presence of Jesus Christ. I did not practice the power of Jesus Christ. I did not practice the peace of Jesus Christ. All I did was react. Are y'all with me? All right. Stay with me because I'm going somewhere with this. In order to walk in the spirit, we can no longer live lives of reaction. Jesus Christ has got to be in our minds a presence that's with us all the time. WWJD, what would Jesus do? Great, great um, badge or emblem, whatever people put on them. We have to keep a constant conscientiousness that our Lord did not leave us. Isn't that right? No matter what situation we find ourselves in, no matter how uh, heartening, how deep, how dark, how hurtful the situation is, the Lord is with us. He's with us. We need not act out in an alternative way to the will of God. But it takes time for us to know in order to walk in the presence, by the presence and by the power and in the principles of God, it takes time for us to make this quantum leap of adjustment. So you may be saved, you may be saved years and are still struggling with practicing his presence. Are y'all with me? He said, I will never leave you, nor will I, what? Forsake you. Okay, before you call, I will answer. That's in my Bible. Amen. So let's, let's kind of get to work. I want to look at um, this first point of practicing God's presence. So 
let me let me go back and I'm, I'm gonna go back and revisit something that um, took place the key here tonight now listen because I don't want you to walk out here super spiritual miss the whole lesson plan the key here tonight is under pressure when we are living in a pressure cooker we may love the Lord we may desire to do what's right but when we're living in a pressure cooker and the pressure keeps mounting we may feel freer going back to the old nature to deal with things than to yield to him are y'all getting this are we are we together on this under pressure I, I I really am not interested in your actions and reactions when there's no pressure. Because God tests the believer so that the believer will know where they are when pressure hits. When a husband and wife is at it and there's a lot of pressure, very seldom would one say, let's pray. The heat is up. Prayer is not on the table here. Are y'all getting this? I don't want you. I'm going to leave you. And then I'll start calling you names. The pressure's up. So we're talking about pressure cookers. And when Jesus came after the Last Supper, and Jesus walked into the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, and the Jewish soldiers came and said, which one of y'all Jesus? Jesus said, I am he. They fell back. And while Jesus, who is Lord, was being arrested, Peter went back to the streets. He took out a switchblade and cut off Malchus' ear. I mean, he cut the man's ear off with a switchblade. And Jesus had to tell Peter, put up thy sword. I didn't come here to get killed in a midnight brawl. What did Peter do? He went back under pressure. Are y'all getting this? He went back under pressure to do what he does best, fight. Peter was a fighter. And what happens in the life of the believer under pressure, under pressure, that's the qualifier, under pressure, is that we go back to the old nature momentarily oh yeah we'll come back and say I'm sorry I repent Lord forgive me I belong in hell and all that but under pressure listen to this one under pressure Christian you raise hell from the pulpit to the door I don't care what kind of smiles on your face you let pressure you let pressure mount enough and the reason we keep going back to that old nature is because the old nature gives us a rationale for what we need that moment. It's called the wisdom of the world and not the wisdom of Christ. Hmm. So, here we go. Hmm. Hmm. So, what, what, I, what I confessed last week that happened on 15th and Chestnut, it was stupid, it was reckless, and I put my family in harm's way. But it was a reaction. It was a reaction that 
I felt disrespected by these hoods. And I wasn't going to let that, you know, I wasn't going to let that fly like that. And you say, well, but you a pastor. Yeah, I know that. I knew it later. I said, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor. I can't. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I came, I came out of the military in 74, uh, and uh, I had a rifle in my house, you know. And uh, one of my brothers, uh, he was strung out on drugs or whatever, and these guys, never forget this, they came around my block, about eight of them, and said, your brother owes us money. You know, we don't want to hurt him, he owes us money. So I said, how much he owe you? So I went in my pocket and pulled out, it was a hundred something dollars, I pulled it out and gave it to him. And these guys were gangsters. And they knew, my brother knew me, I gave him the money. And when I gave the guy the money, he said, all right, we squared away. He's walking away. I said, listen, man, any of y'all touch my brother, I'm going to kill all y'all. And they looked, they stopped and looked, they said, no, nah, no. Nah. I said, no, I'm serious. And I'm not running up on you with a nine millimeter. I'm going to take you out from a block away with a scope. But they looked at me like, this guy's crazy. I ain't cool with him. <laughs> but but I, was, I was dead serious, man. I ain't let anybody hurt my family. You can forget that. That ain't happening. So my point is, all that was pushed down in my old nature. Are y'all getting this? And it stayed there. When I got saved, it, it remained covered, but under pressure. I'm not going to say, let's pray together. Under pressure, we got problems, Doc. You know. So God, the Holy Spirit, has been working on me with this situation about allowing me under pressure to return to the old nature. Are y'all getting this? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not proud of that. That's a failure in my walk. It's a failure in my walk. But it's a learning. It's a learn, it's a learning. So I came here in 87 and pastoring. Smile on my face, love everybody, and want to do the right thing. And one night at a deacon's meeting, the deacon jumped up in my face. <gasps> and I just sat there, the whole deacon board just sat there. And I'll never forget what I said. And it, it startled me. <laughs> he up in my face with his finger, <gasps> selling wolf tickets. And I, I told the chairman of the deacon board, you carried a meeting on, me and him going outside. And whoever comes back is the pastor. Because <laughs> I'm going to whip his behind. And the, and the chairman said, you can't do that, brother pastor. I said, I'm sick of him. You know, it's one of them things. So, you know, we're sitting on some kegs, aren't we? Aren't we sitting on some kegs? And, and so, yeah, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. So now I just put my head down and get in my car and leave. Sight. But these, these are my misfortunes because um, there, there are pockets of pain in my life. And, one, and one, of my, one of my doctrines from the world is, I ain't let nobody hurt me. You can forget that. Just, that ain't from God. So the principles of God can't get in 
because I got all these pockets of pain under pressure. Are are y'all getting the picture? Under pressure that will come. So here's here's a married couple going back and forth, and under pressure, some of them pockets of pain come out. And you say, man, where'd that come from? All right, so, so we're going to talk about this because this thing is real. It's, it's real. It's real. It's, it's really real. And we got to know ourselves and we got to know what's preventing us from being like Jesus. We got to know what's preventing us from being and why it's so hard for us in this saved life to make this transition. Very hard. All right, I'm going to deal with foundation. The first thing, turn to Matthew chapter 13. So we're going to see, I'm only going to read uh, verse 1, Matthew 13. I want somebody to stand, get behind this mic and read out loud. Come on. If you talk slow, don't get up. Matthew 13, 1 to 10, and I want everybody else to follow. Come on. There you go, babe. Thank you. Matthew 13. stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. Okay, hold on a minute. We often say a parable is a, a, a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It's, it's a code book. Jesus used the code book because the text is going to tell you why he used the code book. It wasn't for everybody to understand him, only the disciples. He was trying to get to the apostles and disciples to teach them truth. He wasn't trying to persuade Israel of truth because Israel was blind. Go ahead, babe. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside and the, and the fowls came All and right, devoured them up. Stop, stop, stop. Uh, the word fowl is bird. Birds in scripture always mean evil. Mm. Birds in scriptures always mean evil. So um, the, the, the sower sowed and... Uh, it's and 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 and, and uh, it says that fowls or birds came and did what? Devoured them up. Devoured them up. Go ahead. Some fell upon stony places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up because they had no deepness of earth. Okay. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Mm-hmm. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some had some in hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Mm-hmm. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. And the dis- disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? And Jesus says in verse eleven, because it's for you to know the mysteries and nobody else. Now let's move on. Now watch this. Now go to verse 18. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. Thank you, baby. So here here we go. God is the sower. God is the sower. God is the farmer who plants seeds. All right? So God is the sower. The seed is the word. God is always sowing the word. The soil, listen to this, 
is the condition of man's heart. So the, the sower is God, the seed is the word, and the soil is the condition of your heart. Now, 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 I want to, because I want to expedite, I got to move on. And Jesus says, when one heareth the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one cometh and catcheth what was sown in his heart. This is the wayside. So, so, and, and you know, I often use these mathematics. When I teach and preach, 75% of people never hear the word. Three of these seeds are unfruitful. They never hear the word. Why? Because their hearts, the soil of their hearts, do not receive the word. And, and, and it's in this context, in verse 20, but, the, but he that receiveth the seed in two stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon, with joy, at the time he's hearing it, he receives it with joy, yet he hath no root in his heart. That means his heart is not rooted. All right? And, 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 and he's offended, and the word does not germinate, and then, of course, 22 is those that are caught up in riches and want to be rich. It chokes the word. Our desires can choke the word. We can hear the word of God, but our desires are so deep, it can choke the word. And, and, and notice what Jesus says here, because I'm dealing with foundations. Uh, verse 23, but he that receiveth seed into the what? Good ground, good soil, good heart, is he that heareth understandeth and beareth. Now, now don't miss that. Some people, some people don't bear fruit. So, so that's the foundation. Then Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. Somebody stand and read that real quick. Come on. We got to move. Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. Praise the Lord. That's to the right of Matthew's. Ephesians 2, 19 and 20. My God, the God. Thank you, brother. Stay there, stay there. <laughs> and are built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. All right, brother, come on back up. You read 2 Peter 1, 3 to 10. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 10. We're dealing with foundations. Foundations. I'm trying to teach some truth there. 2 Peter 1, 3 to 10. <clears throat> Let's see. Uh, oh. <clears throat> Seeing that his divine power hath granted us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us by his own glory and virtue, whereby he hath granted unto us his precious and exceeding great promises, that though that through these ye may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption right, that... Right, hold one second. Partakers of what? The divine nature. So everything built on this divine nature is profitable. Go ahead, read on. Having escaped from, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world by lust, Yea, and for this very cause, adding on your part all diligence, in your faith supply virtue, and in your virtue knowledge, 
and in your knowledge self-controlled, and in your self-controlled patience, and in your patience godliness, and in your godliness brotherly kindness, and in your brotherly kindness love. All right, stop. Notice, thank you, brother. Notice what's happening. The foundation is the new nature, right? Everything built upon that is profitable and whole and is and is and is righteous. It's gotta have the right foundation. If if you got a faulty foundation, everything you build on that is faulty. So 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 we're clear on that. And then of course the other scriptures, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 16. Let's turn there together. 1 Corinthians 3 to your right, 10 or to your left now, 10 to 13. I mean uh 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 13. You got that? Look what it says. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, go back up to verse 11, for other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is what? If Jesus is not the foundation, everything's fallen. He, and he, 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 he gets in these different materials, wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, precious stones. Whatever we build, on him, on his foundation is profitable. And here's what I want you to see. And, and, and he goes on to say, and please don't miss this. Every man's work, verse 13, shall be made manifest. It's coming out in the open. For the day shall declare it. What day? The day that we appear at the Bema seat. It will be revealed by fire. If any man's work abide, which he has built upon, he receives a reward. If any man's work is burnt, he will suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved. And notice verse 16. Don't miss this. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God. God is living in you. If you start destroying this temple, God's going to destroy you. You see, you see, this, you see this whole thing about foundation? What, now, 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 why did I go through these four foundations? Because I'm getting ready to lay a premise that we cannot practice the presence of Jesus Christ in our lives until, and I'm coming back to that, and every episode in my saved life, and I've been saved since 77, every episode in my saved life, when I reverted back under pressure to worldly things, I can almost identify the heat that caused me to go back. The heat. Whether it was a relationship with a young lady, whether it was, uh, you know, an argument, um, what, whatever. I, I can almost identify exactly under heat. I was growing in Christ. I was saved. But I had not learned how to walk in the Spirit. And walking in the Spirit is practicing the presence of Jesus Christ. So if you go to work tomorrow and they call you in the office and say, you know what, sorry, we've got to give you a pink slip. There's no package. You're out of here. You don't sit there and crumble and cry because you belong to the Most High God. So if I'm practicing His presence, the Bible says the Lord is going to make a way. If, 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 if your children disrespect you, if the children 
uh, are against you, if the children, if something's going on there, you, you got to know that you just got to pray about this situation that should not come and touch and, tell, and tug at your heart because your God is your defender, your God is with you, your God is for you, your God is in you, your God, your God, your God, your God, and my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in heaven. My God. Hmm. My God. My God. So I'm, uh, you know, we're sitting on these kegs under pressure. If you don't use the term under pressure, this whole lesson is negated. Under pressure. I want to know how you and I act, react, respond under pressure. And I've had some chilling episodes in my life. I have devotions every morning, every Sunday morning. I'm up 2, 33 o'clock on my face with the Lord. It's not like I don't spend, I spend time with the Lord. And yet, under pressure, I, I have to learn to practice his And God is going to keep testing you until you get it right. He's going to keep testing you until you get it right. I, I, ju I just told you about an episode in 77, 78 with my brother who was on drugs. And these guys, he owed them money and we got into it. Okay, that was one episode. You would think, uh, okay, I, I was just saved. I'm just trying to learn. Had, a, had another repeat performance 20-something years later or 15 years later. I'm in TD Bank getting money to take my kids to Disney on a Friday. Never forget, I'm standing in line. My cell phone rings. I answer. It's my baby brother. He's screaming. My nephew just got shot down to death in the streets. And, and, and what prompted it the guy that pulled the gun, he's, you know, he, he, he told the guy, he said, you ain't nothing but a trunk, man. Or you going to shoot me now. They, they got into it, and they shot him, and he's running, and they stood over him and put two or three bullets in his head. So I'm in the bank. My brother is crying. And at that time, Juan Peterson all of them was on staff here. About three car, three carloads of us went over to University of Maine Hospital. He laying on a slab, and all these boys standing outside. And I saw my brother screaming. Now, my nephew was a knucklehead. He was selling drugs. And I kept telling him, get out of that game. Get out of that game. It leads to death. Get out of that game. Ah, I'm sitting there crying in University of Pennsylvania Hospital, family screaming everything. And we were just standing there. And I went home. And I just got in an embryonic position. I'm just, just hurting, hurting, hurting. Another test. And um, I reached out to Sherman Hopkins. He was FBI. He said, listen, I'm going to pray for you because I can't tell you if somebody did this to my son, I wouldn't want to do the same thing. 
very practical hand. I struggled so much with that thing that I had to be talked down. Now, here's the second test about somebody in my family close to me being shot. And what happened was I got a phone call from one of my nieces in South Philly, and she says, them boys went out West Philly for two days. They back down here. And I got up. God is my witness. I got up. I loaded up. I was going to put a ski mask on and kill them all. I was going over the bridge. Just, 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 I got to do it. I can't. I got to do it. I got talked down. I said, what in the world are you? I sat there at night, 3 o'clock in the morning, just crying like a baby. Because the old nature was demanding justice. Are y'all, are y'all getting this? And the new nature said, you cannot, you on TV, brother. You can't do, and I'm struggling. Now, you could have came up self-righteously and said, oh, you're a pastor. You shouldn't be doing that. But under pressure. We'll go to heights that we won't normally go to. Under pressure. When I hear of married couples fighting, physically fighting and battery going on, I don't automatically say, he's sick, she's sick. I'm always searching for what, under pressure, what historical pain has mixed with this situation for a man to take a woman's head off or a woman to take a man's head off. I'm, I'm, I'm always looking for the X factor. Because under pain, don't sit here and tell me what you would do under pain, under, under conflict, under heat. You can't do that. It sounds good, but it's, it's, full of, it's full of junk. It sounds good. It makes you look spiritual. In Christendom, husbands leave wives, wives leave husbands, uh, uh, people, people have all kinds of stuff going on. Because we're living on top of a foundation of pain. We got painful episodes in our past. We got painful episodes, rejection, bitterness, anger, low self-esteem, a sense sense of loneliness, a victim's mentality. We got all kinds of stuff operating within us for years. So Jesus comes along and says, if the son makes you free, you're going to be free indeed. I'm going to free you from this. But it's a process to walk in the spirit. It's a process to walk in the spirit. It's a process to walk in the spirit. I'm just honest and transparent. So I, 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 I'm free to tell you how I really feel. If you don't want to accept it, nix you. I don't fool with that. I'm, I'm just going to tell you. See, There's Christians that are phonies. There are people that come to church every week that that they got all the answer for your situations, but if they fall into the same exact thing, they going south. And that's why I'm, 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 I'm conscientious about you counseling people. I'm conscientious about that. Don't tell nobody if I were you. Don't give others the impression that if your husband's out in the street uh, going to bed with everybody, just trust Jesus. Don't, don't come off like that because the minute your husband goes out in the street, 
You ain't trusting Jesus. You're going to start acting like an ape. If you have not walked in their shoes, you better shut your mouth up before God allows this stuff to come back to your doorstep. Pastor, my, never forget, 15 years ago, this nice-looking lady came to my study. She was in her 60s, very attractive. And she started crying. I prayed to her. I said, what's wrong, baby? She said, Pastor, I've been married 40-something years to the same man. And I came home and found him in the bed with another man. And my worth is out the window. She cried like a baby. And I sat there, and this is what I told her. Honey, I have no idea what you're going through. Let's pray. Let's trust. Let's, let's, let's pray. Well, Philippians says that if we, well, well, Ephesians says that you, you keep throwing scripture. You know the best way to minister to people that are hurting? Just keep quiet. And just let your presence preserve them. You don't have to tell them all the promises of God. Just the fact that you're there. And we got these super saints, and they mean well. But like James Brown said, they're like a dull knife. They just ain't cutting. They talking loud and ain't saying nothing. I want to see a lady on her deathbed, a member of this church years ago. She dying any moment now. I walked in the room. I, I said, Lord, I don't know what to say to this woman. I, I walked in the room with tears in my eyes. She looked up at me. She said, Pastor, what's wrong? She said, I'm happy. I'm going to see Jesus. And I did like this. Oh, you are? <laughs> I ain't happy and I ain't, you know, I'm not happy and I'm not on, uh, you know, I'm not on life support and I ain't happy. So let's, let's kind of chill out. It's okay to give people scriptures, okay to pray with them, it's okay to love them, but don't come from this position when people are in pain that you know it all. You don't. You don't, you don't, you have no idea. <clears throat> no idea. I called the national leader tonight who, who's in court, might go to jail, got in some big trouble, and I didn't get an answer, and I was coming out here, I was praying, and my phone rang, and he said, hey, Ray, you're my friend. Thanks for calling. I was thinking about you this morning. And I said, I love you, man. We're praying for you. Just hang in there. Hmm. What is this? How do we practice the, the, the presence of God when we're sitting on a keg of pain. And I know there are people in the church that think that I am uh, pastors against marriage. I'm not against marriage. 
I'm not just, I think mar mar marriage is a great, con a, a great institution of God. Uh, marriage is, uh, of course, I've had my words with God. I said, Lord, every you th everything you did was perfect, but this one, I don't know. You know, that was in my pain. Y'all know? <laughs> I don't know what you was up to here. But the fact of the matter is, is that I'm trying to preserve the young people who are contemplating marriage. Don't buy the lie of the world. Don't fall prey to an ignorance that marriage is all about pleasure and happiness and fulfillment. In fact, marriage does not fulfill you. Jesus fulfills you. Now, your mate can help, but you ain't getting fulfillment out of no person who's got a sin nature in them. So, so I, I, I want you to be realistic because the fact of the matter is, um, when you pull that cord and get married, you're going to start seeing things you didn't see on a date. I'm preaching up in here, Doc. Like, where'd this come from? It's a Jekyll and Hyde situation. All right, here we go. Any, any questions so far? Any questions so far? Any questions so far? So, I, 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 Sister Arnold, I went to the Lord with tears in my eyes and said, God, you've got to change me. I can't, I can't live like this, Leroy. I can't live like this. Because the minute pressure, under pressure, I'm going into another form. Are y'all with me? Under pressure, I'm going into another form. And I don't need to be in another form and be a, a born-again believer. If I'm going to represent my Lord, I need to make him look good. Isn't that right? I don't need my past. I don't need my pain. I don't need anything that's, that, that, that's been in, in me for years coming up through the old nature and, amen, being in conflict with the power of God. All right? All right, here we go. So, practicing his presence is more than getting in your car saying, Lord, I know you're sitting next to me. That's not practicing his presence. That's talking to yourself. <laughs> Practicing his presence means this. Lord, whatever the day has for me, whatever's awaiting me, you're going to walk through it with me. And I'm trusting that you walking with me is more than what's coming against me. Are y'all getting this? Lord, I'm trusting that whatever problem it is, you can handle it. And my job is not to bring it in. My job is to transfer it to you. My job is to give it to you. My job is to pray about it to you. Lord, I, I need to give you this. Some of us don't feel good about ourselves. I, I, was, tell, I was telling some people, staff, I was up in Cherry Hill, and uh, I went in a plaza, I went in a Home Depot, I was looking for a certain screw, because I'm trying to screw something at home. And I walked past this young lady, and she walked up to me, she said, oh, she said, my school buddy. Now, I've been out of high school like 40-something years. Looked at her and said, what school you go to? She said, South Philly High. So I knew she knew me. 
She said, you like a young boy. I said, and she was a manager. She was telling everybody, help him, help him. And everybody flying over to me trying to see what I need. So I said, okay. I reached in my pocket and grabbed the track. And I was looking for it. Couldn't find it. I said, look at Satan. <laughs> he done hit the girl. I can't find it. I'm walking around the store trying to get a, trying to get a track to her. Um, I'll say again. I just go look for another screw. But, but, but see, my point is that <clears throat> practicing his presence is, I mean, walk in the spirit, Galatians 5, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's more than just saying you depend on the spirit. It's actually understanding that everywhere you go, everything you do, everything you say, he's right beside you. He walks with me. So, therefore, I cannot, Brother uh, Lightfoot, I cannot, if, if I'm walking in the presence of Jesus, I can only go so far back to that old nature. Are y'all getting this? I can only go so far before the Lord's presence brings about a conviction to stay clear. Very, very interesting. Hmm. Now, let's look to the second thing. Uh, how many of you, when you leave the house in the morning, you've talked to the Lord, you had devotions, that you actually are facing the day with Jesus' presence with you? That's going to that's gonna stop us from thinking like the world. It's going to convict us when we're up to something wrong. It's going to straighten us out when we're trying to go crooked. When we're planning something that's unlike him, it's going to preempt it. Right? See, see, listen, there are two extremes in Christendom. The word grace has been cheapened. The word grace has been cheapened. There are two things in theology you need to understand. Either God wants to partner with me for a holy walk, or you walk away thinking it's all on God and none is on me. And that's one of the greatest arguments in theology about human, uh, human will versus grace of God. They're both. God wants to partner with our wills to get his will done. So our job is to surrender to where Jesus is. Hmm. My God. All right, here we go. Look at the second point, a pinpointing of our pain. Oh, Lord, you thought it was quiet. Now it's going to get quiet. Somehow, as we seek the face of Jesus... We've got to pinpoint the cause of our pain. And God, and God will start to unveil it. Lord, where's all this stuff coming from? Where's all this stuff coming from? Where's all this stuff coming from? I told you, I'm going to borrow time, man. I should have been dead. I've been shot at. I should have been dead. I'm talking, look, in the military and after I got out. Crazy stuff, man. Living recklessly. Yeah. Just living recklessly. Didn't care. 
And you cannot tempt God by keep putting God in situations where you act reckless and thinking he's going to pull you out. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Right? And I told y'all about the story. We, I came home on leave. This is like 72. I was on leave. And he said, come on, man, we're going out tonight. There was a whole bunch. We went to this club. Club was banging, man. Everybody drinking and doing their thing. And my brother, who, who was the preacher, just went home. I don't know what happened. He got in an argument with somebody. They arguing, man. And these guys did like this. They backed up. And they start reaching. These boys had guns. I'm sitting there at the bar. And I said, oh, no, this ain't going off. And I'm going to leave. And, uh. So my boy that I grew up with was next to me on the, in the bar. He said, he said, hey, Rain, don't worry about nothing. I got it covered, man. I said, you do? He said, oh, yeah, let him start up. And he put his hand like this, and the boys was watching him. I mean, the way he put his hand, like he had a shotgun. He put his hand down, and I'm sitting at the bar, and everything settled down, and everybody went his way. I was sitting there drinking. I said, this nigga was mine. I said, mine, uh, what you have, man? He pulled out a fork you turned chicken with. You know when them long forks you turn chicken with? I said, are you out of your mind? Them boys about to shoot us? He said, I, I was going to get one of them. I said, what kind of mess is this? I can see them boys right now. Look, whoa, man, he going like this. <laughs> ah, isn't the Lord good? Now, 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 I, listen, when that happened, I said, we was lucky. But after I got saved, I saw angels in that bar. After I got saved, I saw the Holy Spirit directing traffic. I, I wish I had a witness up in here. After I got saved, I knew God had taken that situation into hand. Why? Because I was an heir of salvation. And the Bible says in Hebrews 1.14, for everybody that's in air, he dispatches angels to protect you from harm seen and unseen. There wasn't no luck. Thank you, Jesus. It was Jesus. He pulled us out of a whole lot of stuff. He kept us from being killed. He kept us from getting diseases. Can I get a witness? The Lord is good. I walk around here and strangers come to see me and say, you, you, you a different kind of pastor because after you preach, you just walk around by yourself kissing and hugging people. Other pastors got 40 guys around them with guns. And I said, I, said, I can't live like that. Y'all ain't, ain't getting this. If God protected me when I was in all that mess. What can God do in church? Do I have a witness? You, you can't even live like, you got to know that you know that you know that he is able. So how do we pinpoint our pain? Well, there's a history search here. There's something that the Holy Spirit will begin, and, and if, if you're really struggling to a deep, so you, you need to go to Christian counseling, but we, we, we need to be able not to resolve our pain, 
that's God's job. But at least touch it. Are y'all getting this? Touch it. Why? Why? Where did all this pain come from? It didn't come from your wife. You had the pain before you met her. Oh, God. You had the pain before you got married. So you can't blame it on your mate. You definitely had the pain before you joined St. Matthews. I didn't give it to you. You was crazy as a bed bubble before you came up the aisle. Where, 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 where did this pain come from? And all God wants you to do is to just acknowledge that you have pain. Lord, I got pain in my life. I don't know the, I don't, I don't know where it came in. I, I don't know. I, I got some guesses, but God, I need you to heal me because as long as I got these pockets of pain, I cannot receive the principles of God. Because like the fowl of the air, every time the word is sown, the birds are coming eating up the word. So I'm up here preaching about the lordship of Jesus Christ and you still struggling about what you are and what you are not based on your historical pain. You can't even hear the word. How many of you know you got pain in your life? Okay, some of y'all ain't raising your hand. Roy, come up and get my keys. Go get my baseball bat. So we can baptize them. We got pain, Doc. We got pain. Everybody Jesus met had pain. Mary Magdalene had pain. Peter had pain. Thomas had pain. Matthews had pain. John had pain. James had pain. All of them had pain. Jesus, the pain killer. So here's what happens to our relational fellowship. Instead of me practicing the presence of God and identifying the pockets of my pain, I keep fighting you. I keep blaming my stuff on you. And Satan sits back and laughs. So, let me choose Tawn because her husband ain't here. So if I'm married to Tawn, I know we fight. Come here. But if I was married to Tawn, and Tawn got pain, and I got pain, and we're not willing to practice the presence and to do this thing the right way, then she becomes the enemy, and I become the enemy. And we keep going at each other, and Satan has won. Are y'all getting this? So Tawn says, I've had enough. I'm divorcing you. So we get divorced, right? Yeah. Then the next man comes along. He got pain, she got pain. So Tom says, the same thing happened to me five years ago. So Tom says, I want a divorce. She's two for two. She's batting a thousand. So then the third one comes along. How, how deep shall I go? Thank you, baby. Do y'all understand what I'm trying to say? You cannot put your stuff on somebody else. We got our own pain, man. And I'm just like Habakkuk and Jeremiah. I got mad with God. I got mad with God. Man, oh, come on. Give me a break. 
I'm busting my behind trying to live this life. I'm trying to be faithful. I tie 10%. I'm, 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 I'm here all the time. I'm trying to be faithful. And you're going to do this to me? Where did you come from? What's going on up there? And then these devils. Look like they just being bled. They just keep hitting the lottery for $15 billion. And, and here I am trying to do what's right. And I, I can't even rub two nickels together. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm struggling. God, where are you? Why do you treat me so mean? And God, and here's what God does consistently. When I'm in that mood and I'm angry, I don't hear from him. He don't say nothing. And then he'll whisper, uh-uh, I love you with an everlasting love. I have plans for you. Plans of good and not of evil to bring you to a desired end. Ah. I know, my child, you can't understand what's going on because Satan is only letting you see what you, you can see. But I got your back. I got your front. I got your victory. I got, I got your blessing. I got your children. I got your house. Come on now. I, I got everything. You, you got to trust me. You, you can't judge me too quick. But they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew their strength. He'll mount them up. With wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. They walk and not faint. But wait a minute. How do I practice the presence in the midst of my pain? I'm glad you asked. We'll come back next week. I got to keep promoting and pronouncing the promises. Because the promises take me out of the picture. Can I get a witness? I was young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never seen a seed begging bread. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my high tower. The Lord is my shelter. The Lord is my strength. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his good and his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I dare you to get a promise book. I dare you to quote the promises. I dare you to thank him when you're in trouble. I dare you to thank him when you want to give up. I dare you to thank him when you don't know what to do. I dare you, I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to thank him. Hallelujah. I dare you. I dare you to say what Job said. Though he slay me, Yet will I trust him. I dare you to give God all the praise and all the glory and all the honor and all the adoration. I dare you to give him what's due to his name. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory. Whether you understand it or not, Lord, I'm full of pain. Take my pain. But I'm going to keep promoting your promises. Take my pain. But I want to walk in your presence. Can I get a witness? I dare ya. He's able. Isn't he able? He's able. 
Daniel was in the lion's den with lions that had been, amen, starved for two weeks. Daniel kept on praying. God gave to the lions lockjaw. They couldn't eat him if they wanted to. When God is on your side, you coming out of this thing. When God is in your, Lord have mercy. When the Lord is for you, he's more than the world against you. Satan wants you to look at yourself. Satan wants you to look at others. God wants you to look at him. Now unto him who's able. Lord, teach us to walk in your presence in spite of our pain. Teach us to promote your promises. Let's, let's stay on our feet. If somebody here needs to be saved, just raise your hand. Jesus died for your sins, was buried, rose again as they won. Or perhaps you want to join the Church of Christian Experience. We're serving breakfast at the 6 a.m. service. It's $10. You can get a ticket at a table so you don't have to stay in the crowd. Let's look to the Lord. Father, there is practicality to our walk. We don't just get saved and trust you totally. You take us through tests, you take us through trials, you take us through tribulations. And God, you're trying to decrease us from looking at ourselves and increase us to look at you. So God, take these pockets of pain from our past. And, oh God, give us your promises and help us to walk with you in our presence 24 hours a day. And we'll have peace because you are the Prince of Peace. And we thank you. We pray for that family that needs prayer. We pray for that mother, that father, that husband, that wife, that daughter, that son. We count it done in the name of Jesus. We pray for our church. And we're going to walk out here free tonight. Free tonight in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Pastor loves you.